Hey nurses, welcome to the Nurse Dot Podcast, giving nurses validation, resources, and hope one episode at a time. Today on Nurse Dot Podcast. Doing the community outreach, you have different perspectives and you're able to actually take some of these things into the hospital. Not only that we can use our skills from the hospital and the community, we can also use the skills acquired in the community. We can use those skills back home. Joining us today, Alicia Diggs. As a registered nurse by profession and a world traveler at heart, her journeys and experiences led her to create her own venture, Nurse on the Move. This groundbreaking company is an embodiment of her vision to empower nurses, offer them opportunities, and make healthcare accessible in every nook and corner of the world. Alicia's work has touched the lives of countless people, bringing light to communities that need it the most. I'm your host, Kara Lunsford, registered nurse and VP of community at nurse.com. So, Alicia, I've met you at a couple of different conferences now, which has been really fun. So originally, I don't know if you remember this, but I worked for Drip IV Therapy. Yes. You came and you were like, yeah, y'all need to fix some things. (laughs) (laughs) Yes. You came and you got Drip together. And then after that, I saw you at Nurse Boss Summit, the first one, then the second one. Oh my gosh. Yes. We have followed each other through a few different uh, career journeys. Yes. I'm a huge fan of you. And I was so glad that we were going to be able to have you on the podcast. So I'm going to have you give a proper intro and introduce yourself. Okay. I'm Alyssa Diggs, a travel nurse. I've been travel nursing for about immediately after I left it. So I was a nurse for one year. I started, I graduated in 2015 from Kentucky State University. And after about a year, I immediately went right into travel nursing. My specialty is telemetry, step-down unit. Had a couple months in the operating room and I started my entrepreneurship journey in 2018. And I started Nurse on the Move. Nurse on the Move, our goal is to connect current and future nurses through travel, philanthropy, and education. So through travel, we host group trips. We host group trips globally. Right now, we go to Ghana, Kenya. We also have a nurse trip for Nurse Week in St. Lucia next year. And through philanthropy, we do outreach community service uh, global, globally and locally. We do outreach and community service. We want to promote education for the community and for ourselves, for nurses, continuing education about leveraging your career, going beyond the bedside and things like that for education. So Nurse of the Move is a very well-rounded project. It's my baby. I really like enjoy bringing together nurses all throughout the U.S., globally, locally. So yeah, that's a little bit about me. I love this. First of all, I love just the philanthropic part of this. I really think that one of the things that keeps nurses sustained in this career and keeps them feeling a sense of purpose, I guess, is when you have an opportunity to go and really donate your time, you know, give your time to others and to educate. Because 
a lot of times today in the hospital, one of the things that I think nurses struggle with is that there's not enough time. They're strapped because of staffing or whatever the issue may be, that they just can't do the job that they really want to do. And a lot of times when you go and you do the work that you're doing, where you go to other places outside of the country and experience the world in a different way, it just gives you so much gratitude as well and appreciation and perspective. I think like a lot of perspective. What has been like one of your favorite experiences that you've done? And I'm happy that you use the word purpose because I feel like sometimes in the hospital and being confined to the walls and clocking in and clocking out, a lot of times, and a lot of my nurses can attest that, sometimes we feel like bodies. Like sometimes we just feel we're warm bodies just coming in in like a robot style fashion. You know, I'm doing this, I'm in, I'm out, I'm charting. I'm Sometimes I'm charting more than I'm in a patient's room and it has to be so meticulous. But the part of the community outreach that I really enjoy is that you're making a rapport, you're making an actual connection with people in real time, in real life. You don't have to worry about being on the computer, charting, being politically correct. Really, because also when it comes to medical and when it comes to healthcare, there's a trust component that people don't always trust the hospital system. They don't always trust doctors or they don't always trust the medication. So being able to be face-to-face with individuals in the community and we're able to actually address their questions and needs outside of the medical terms or outside of ADIT and SBAR and, you know, all these terms that we have to be so familiar with, it feels so good to be able to actually connect with the community in that sense. When we do go to Ghana, I like going to remote communities. If you're able to have access, direct access to the hospital, you don't necessarily need health screening because hospital is very accessible. So I really like going to these remote communities. And we do blood pressure, glucose, and we check pulse ox. We check like lung sounds. We always have a doctor in the community present so that if there is anything abnormal, the doctor in the community can follow up with them. Yeah. Just the gratitude when they see people that are coming from outside, coming to their community to do health screenings, like the gratitude and the happiness that they get that we don't want anything in return. We're literally just here to check up on you and see if everything is good. I think that they feel of gratitude is just a sense of purpose. And that always is like a way for me to just keep going and keep pushing and wants me to keep doing what I'm doing. Yeah, because it it does fill your cup. I went to Haiti and I did a, a week in Haiti, oh my gosh, maybe eight years ago. It was one of the most memorable and important moments of my life was going there and really seeing what healthcare looked like outside of the United States. I also was able to do some of the best nursing I've ever been able to do in my life and really utilize my skills, my assessment skills, my critical thinking skills, being resourceful. And we didn't have vein finders. We had a big old mag light. Some guys out there with a machete and a, and a you know, gun and, and a mag light. And we're like, can we borrow your mag light? This kid is so dehydrated, we can't find a vein on him. 
and we're using a mag light to look through his skin. It's those moments when you go, I've got an infiltrated IV and I don't have a warm pack to use. So I boil water and I put it in a diaper and I let the diaper absorb it and I wrap it around the arm. You learn how to use what you have around you and it is so empowering. We were just talking about the resourcefulness. Yes, and the skill part of it. Us as nurses, we are trained, we have a certain set of education and skills that the general public and the general population does not have. So even like using the skills, these assessment skills that you don't even have to touch people and you can look at them up and down and you can sometimes see things that issues that they have, you know, club fingers or their breathing patterns or edema, certain places or jaundice, jaundice of their eyes. So these, these are just like skills that we have that should be used. And I feel like a really great way and there's no better way than to use them in your backyard, in your own backyard within with the community, especially with people who don't have access to people who have skills like this every day. And I think that sometimes we, we even like downplay the amount of education that we have. It's really important. The things that we know, people don't know these things. Yeah. Just the color of someone's gums. I mean, just think about it. When you realize how much you can change someone's life, maybe it's an iron deficiency and maybe getting them iron isn't easy, but you can actually teach them how to cook on cast iron and cast iron will actually like bring more iron into your food. So even just cooking on a cast iron skillet can change somebody's nutritional There's so many interesting things that you can learn and you bring to these communities that don't have access. And you just, you look at them, like you said, you don't even have to touch people. So many times you just look at them and you go, wow, their legs are swollen. They're having dyspnea. They can't breathe. They're not breathing well. I think that there might be some heart failure going on here. You know, you take their blood pressure. My God, their blood pressure's through the roof. And then you start to look at things that, you know, maybe you can change for them through lifestyle, just through education. And then there's other things that, you know, because sometimes people just don't realize that there's so much salt in their food. They have no idea that if they don't put salt on their food, they don't realize what sodium is that it's in canned things. So there's just all kinds of stuff that, like you said, we have this knowledge and it's almost criminal not to share it. Exactly. In this specific area, we do a, a, a little bit of an, an analysis as far as the environment, environmental analysis to see how we can help. Because for Ghana, for example, rice is very heavy and just in Africa, period, like starch is really heavy. So, you know, you'll have the diabetes, you'll have people having, why is this happening for me? Or like, why am I paying so much? They'll have like certain symptoms of diabetic symptoms and they're attributing it to something else. But, you know, they, they don't have the educational piece. So that's why adding the educational piece as well as the physical piece of doing the screening is like is so important because it's not only nurses, it's public education. There's the whole team, the whole collaborative team. 
is important. Like physical therapy is important. We have the whole team beyond like just the whole multidisciplinary team beyond nurses is important for education, like orthopedic issues. The list goes on. The list really goes on of how vital and it is and just the connection that you feel when you when you're out feet on the ground helping the community. Do you have a good story to share of like someone, a person that you felt you were able to bring like intervention to their lives just by being there, by noticing something and really get, you know, bringing something to the surface? Okay. Um, she was like an older widow. She came very like frail. We took her blood pressure. You know, we did all our, her screenings, but her glucose was like in the fifties and She was like, yeah, like I've been feeling very weak lately. I don't know why. We just educated her about, you know, do you have a family history of diabetes? Do you know what that is? She didn't know what that is, but we explained to her. And then we had the doctor around to like also follow up with her. We gave her food and things like that. She was just grateful and like confused. What is happening? (laughs) But it really stuck with me because not only the grateful component, but just really feeling like you made a impact beyond just now. Like she's going to tell her family, her friends, there's going to be more. It's like each one teach one. Because when one person, it's like, I'm going to go back and now more people are going to know about this. And then maybe somebody else has it and they don't know why. So it was like at that point, I really felt like one person affected maybe 20 people. Because there was also people around that were there comforting her. Because she, at that point, she was scared. She was like crying. What's wrong with me? And we explained to her like, it's not like a death diagnosis. Like you're going to be fine. In that moment, it was so powerful. That's, that was one really good example of just, there's a reason for me to do this. And I'm in the right place at the right time. You know what I love about what you just said? When we have an impact, we act with intention and we have an opportunity to really contribute and affect change. There's also this beautiful moment of faith that I think we get to have where you know that you impacted this woman's life. You know that you gave her information that she did not have before, but then you had faith you had faith that she was then going to go out into the world and share that information with others. You may never get to actually see or experience, maybe until we all get to pass over and see how the ripple effect happens. And I, I hope that when we, when we die, that we get to somehow see the ripple effect of things that have happened in our lives, the smile, the handshake, the helping someone across the street and how that changed their life in some way, but you have faith that the work that you're doing is having that ripple effect. Hey there, nurses and nursing students. We know your job isn't just a profession. It's a calling. Now with nurse.com, your nurse life is all in one place. Imagine a world where career opportunities are tailored to your skills where you can find peer support in the nurse.com app, the only networking site built specifically for nurses. Continuing education, events, peer support, and jobs? What more can you ask for? Ready to take the leap into a role that is truly yours? Check out nurse.com forward slash jobs today. 
definitely. Because we, we started doing local outreach as well. And, and on the local side, we always usually work with like the homeless population in, in Washington, D.C. Usually when we're out there, it's younger people. As far as the nurses, we're like between 25 and 35 to 40 or something like that. When they come, they're like, you know, they like, what y'all doing out here? You know, that type of thing at first. Then they start asking, you know, my doctor tried to put me on this medication. They try to put me on, like, is that okay? Or, you know, why is my blood, why is my blood sugar so high after I do this? And then, then there's some education piece. Well, when are you taking your blood sugar? And you're supposed to take it before you eat, not after you eat. So the population locally is, it just really blows my mind because it's like they already sometimes are on medications, but maybe they're like non-compliant because it's making their stomach hurt or it's making their mouth dry. And then here comes the piece where it's like, okay, these are actual side effects, but the benefits of this medication outweighs the risks that you're having or outweighs the discomfort that you're having. So in that moment, they're coming to us as an ally and as an advocate and not as a doctor, sometimes they don't feel comfortable maybe talking to their doctors because they're like pushing them off or shutting them off. So within the local community, I really feel a brotherly, sisterly connection because they're like, okay, like I can talk to this person. Like we're one in the same. I can talk to her. And like, I know she's not going to tell me nothing crazy because she's in my community. She's in my, in my backyard. Yep. She met me where I, where I am. When we meet people where they are, immediately there's this trust because this person came to me. They want to see what my house looks like. They want to see what my living situation looks like. I say this a lot that if you've never worked in home health, at some point in your career, you should work in home health because it is eye-opening. You really have an opportunity to see exactly why a patient presents the way they present. When you go into their home and you see that maybe they are living in a really impoverished setting, maybe their house is really dirty and they have cancer and they're immunosuppressed. So they're constantly ending up back at the hospital with sepsis and infections and fever and neutropenia and all of this. And the minute you walk into their home, you're like, well, no wonder. Look at what they have access to or what they don't have access to. Because it's really sometimes easy to stay disconnected from people when you're in the hospital. You don't know. And you don't always have time to figure it out or to ask the right questions. And so if you ever have an opportunity to work in home health, and this is to anyone that's listening, moonlight, do a day, do, do two days a week, do a day a week or something like that, and just experience it. Because then when you go and do a mission, you go and you work outside the country, guarantee you, you will have better skills and better assessment skills when you go and you work outside the country. Right. Better understanding of people and their environments. Yeah. Even, and then if you go in the home health setting or you go in the community setting period, and then you go back to the hospital, you will also even have a, another understanding of this person is laying in the hospital bed, but outside of the hospital bed 
and it will act, it will increase and polish your education skills too because meeting them where where they are and oh maybe they live in this type of environment maybe they don't know proper diet and proper pyramid of foods like because honestly some people literally don't know how to eat healthy like they don't know that you should have more vegetables maybe than carbohydrates so not assuming that you know people just know and we complain a lot i always want to like validate that the type of environment that we are nurses in today is is not necessarily ideal for what we want to do type of nursing that we want to be able to provide at the same time when you work outside of the country you realize just how much we have mm-hmm. and how much other people don't have. Interesting story. When I was in Haiti, I needed to put an IV in for the patient. And I was in the pediatric ward because that was my area of specialty was pediatrics. And the nurse said, well, you need to go tell the family that they have to go buy the supplies, bring them back, and you'll put the IV in. And I was like, I'm sorry, I don't understand. What are you talking about? They said, there's a pharmacy down the street. They have to go and buy the catheter, the dressing, the flushes, all the stuff. They have to buy it and come back and then you can put the IV in. And I, I was like, I don't know. I, this is so bizarre. I said, but this kid like needs fluids like right now. I got to put the IV in. I got to get fluids. And they said, this is how we do it. And I was shocked. Same thing goes for if you need a CT scan or you need an x-ray or you need, you have to pay up front. They have to literally pay up front. They get a little bill. They have to go and pay it. They come back, show that they paid it, and then they can go in the CT scanner. It doesn't even matter if the person's bleeding out. If the person's been shot and they come in They will try to find someone who is related to that patient to go pay for it before they will stick you in the scanner. Yes. And to piggyback off of that, I know for a fact there are people, it's like for the, at the hospital, it's like prison to some people because they can't get, they can't leave the hospital until they pay. There have been reports of people in the hospital, pregnant, already had their baby but they're stuck in the hospital with their baby because they can't pay the hospital. Yep. We should be so grateful because we have the access and we have the opportunity to just have, you know, be able to freely go go to the hospital and get health and get healthcare without that worry of like bleeding out or, you know. It's so tough because in one sense, when I was in Haiti, I felt like I was doing the best nursing I'd ever done, right? Like I really was like, oh my gosh, I'm not bogged down by policies and this and that. And I can just do great care. I can advocate, but where the moral injury comes in there, so it's a different type of moral injury. The moral injury that comes in there is from a lack of tools, resources, supplies, equipment. That's where their moral injury comes in because... I would look at some of these Haitian nurses and a lot of them looked kind of cold, almost like they didn't care. I was like, do you see this kid's going downhill? We got to do something like right now. And I had a lady who was like heating up a burrito. And I was like, hey, we got to do something right now. And she's like, we'll get to it. But what I noticed and what I realized and where my compassion came from was that 
they had seen so many people die due to a lack of equipment, supplies, resources, support, and that they had really become almost numb to it. It was like, all right, well, you know, we don't have enough ventilators, so we got to take this kid off and give it to this kid, and that kid's going to die. They had to harden themselves in that way so that they could make these very difficult decisions. Gracious. And it was painful to see. It was painful to watch. So here, the nurses kind of suffer because in some ways we see that we have so much money and so much that we could be doing. And either there's greed or there's this or their corporate you know, nature or whatever it is, right? There's all of this opportunity, but we're not getting it to these people and we don't have we're not able to do the care that we want to give and all that stuff, but we feel that it's because there's not the right allocation of funds where they need to be. But the money's there and the resources are there. It's just that we're not putting it where it needs to go. And then on the other side, it's like, well, now you just don't have enough. You almost can't do the stuff you want to do because you just don't have the supplies. Right. It's like an opposite thing where there are not enough resources and maybe not enough people in here. It's like so many resources and so many, it's like abundancy. But at the same time, I think that the nurses in both situations will feel different because like I said here, oh, you're a number in this big corporation, in this big business. And on the opposite end, it's like you're getting like overworked and underpaid. And I guess maybe that might be a similarity in a way maybe how nurses feel, but their whole different perspectives. But at the end of the day, our goal and our target is just safety and education and advocacy for the people and, and for the community, making sure that everyone is able to be cared for. Everybody in your crew identifies as either Big Mac Burger, McNuggets, or McCrispy Sandwich, but you're the filet fish Sandwich all day. That crispy fish, that savory tartar sauce, that melty cheese, that pillowy bun. Yeah, you get it. Every time. And if you love the filet of fish right now you can catch two of the classics you love for just $6. Limited time only. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Single item at regular price. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. And in your situation, kids, that's even, ooh, like kids dying. Kids dying is hard. And I think... It's harder too when you know what's available out there. I think for me, when I was in Haiti, I thought about if I could put this kid on a helicopter or a plane and I could get this kid over to Children's Hospital Los Angeles where I worked, boy, we could change this kid's life. The end result would 100% not be the same. Like I know it wouldn't be the same. And that's where it can be hard. Going and doing that work, it was very fulfilling because I did feel like I could contribute. I felt like there was something I could do and I contributed in some way. Not that that necessarily means that I was able to save every life, but I felt that I could make an impact even if it was in a small way. That was really fulfilling to me. And that's that's why I think it's really important for the hospitals to remember and the administrators to remember that it really isn't about money for nurses. We have 
kind of decided to make it a little bit more about money because it's like, look, if I'm going to be in an unsafe situation, if I think that you're benefiting and profiting, but I'm the canary in the mine, that doesn't work for me. And so that's where like the nurses are like, no, you're going to have to pay me what the risk and the reward need to match. Mm -hmm. Simply put, yeah. And actually piggybacking off the hospital, just being more a holistic system and like caring not only about the body, but the mind as well and into it because just rapport when it comes to, it trickles down, you know, the doctors come in, they say something hard and then the nurses have to come in and like clean it up. Just a person as a whole. If you know that African-Americans shouldn't take, I believe it's amlodipine or something makes her angioedema. There's certain things, okay, cater per person to their needs. And the Western type of medicine is we're not using like warm tea, like maybe get some ginger tea instead of spray that's like medicated and has dye in it, you know, just certain things. And I think that doing the community outreach, you have different perspectives and you're able to actually take some of these things into the hospital because not only that we can use our skills from the hospital and the community, we can also use the skills acquired in the community in Haiti for and you, for example, we can use those skills and use it back home. Maybe you might not boil some in a diaper, but boil water and put it in a diaper. Hey, that worked, man. And it kept the, it it got warm, but it's supposed to wick the moisture away. So like basically like it works, right? And I had little tabs so that I could like attach it to the arm. It also can be used interchangeably as well. So it's not one size fits all. So it's great. And also piggybacking off of what you said, everyone should do some type of outreach, not outreach, but you said everyone should do home health. Everyone should do outreach and go to the community and learn the needs of the community. And it will also have you have a sense of fulfillment and purpose. It just allows you to just open your eyes that you can do more and you can feel more satisfied in in your job. Because at one point I was feeling like I was doing this job and I was working, but I wasn't making an impact. I wasn't changing lives. Even in in the hospital, I'm not going to say I don't change lives because I do feel like I can connect with my patients on a personal level just because of, you know, personalities. But at the same time, this is a temporary situation. They may see me one day and they may not see me again. So just being able to feel like you're making a lasting impact. That is something that I think you learn from doing community outreach or from doing mission work outside of the country. And doing home health or something like that is it does. And and this is going to go back to the very beginning where we talk about perspective, right? It's like that it really does change your perspective on the small things you can do that matter. I, I think in the hospital, sometimes we forget, we forget that just sitting down, just, just pull up a chair that matters. These are small things that Everybody can do. I don't care how busy you are, how short-staffed you are. Everybody can take a couple of minutes and pull up a chair and just learn about their patient. Who are you? Are you married? Do you have kids? Do you live alone? Ask a few questions. Just ask like a handful of questions. And now that person becomes a human being. They become someone you can relate to. And then that person feels cared about. They feel important. And 
that is something that I think you learn when you go out into the community and you do what you're saying, like community outreach and mission work and all of that, is that there's these small things that matter. Right. And when you do that, they feel seen. Because as much as sometimes we feel like a number, I'm sure patients can feel feel the same thing. They feel like a number too. So when you are have that, you know, connection and you're able to, like you said, pull up a chair, how are you doing? Not don't rush, you know, in and out face to face and actually have that like conversation because a lot of times your attitude can really affect your diagnosis and it, it can affect it can affect your your disease process. If you have a bad attitude because you feel like nobody's listening to you and heard, that's not going to speed up your healing process either. Yep. And it changes the way you experience your 12-hour shift when you take that time in the beginning to connect and build that trust. Those patients, they're not on the call light every five seconds because you you built that trust in the beginning. And even if you go into the room and you say, I like to spend the first five minutes of my day with each of my patients, just getting to know them. If I have to run off, I'm going to come back. But if there's an emergency, of course, I'll have to step out. But I want to spend five minutes just learning about you. And if you did that in the first half hour of your shift, if you had five patients, what, that's 25 minutes? It's the best 25 minutes you could spend, 100% the best 25 minutes you could spend. One of the things I really want to make sure that we touch on is that, you know, is this a nonprofit? Are you a 501c3? Are you, what, how, how does this work? No, Nurse in the Move is not a 501c3, uh, but we have, you know, ideals, nonprofit mission, mission projects, and we partner with 501c3s. We get donations. And we like get donations through 5123s. I'm working on the 5123. That's awesome. Yeah. Which nonprofits do you work with? One that is really big that we work with all the time is the Distant Relatives Project. So they do outreach globally, Ghana, Jamaica, Ethiopia. And here they do outreach projects in GC. And I believe in some other places in the U.S., but that's one of our big nonprofits that we do outreach with. That's awesome. Have you ever heard of Japigo? I have not. Okay. It's JH, so it's part of the Johns Hopkins. It's a nonprofit part of Johns Hopkins. Leslie Mancuso is their president, and she is a nurse. She was also my mentor for a period of time, and they are amazing. Their motto really is where a woman lives should not determine if she lives. So it's really about maternal. It's a lot of maternal mortality and stuff like that and maternal health, women's health. But it's an incredible program. And I would love to connect Nurses on the Move with Japigo because I think that that would be a really good connection. Yes. And you said John Hopkins, that's in Baltimore. Yeah, I'm definitely going to connect you with Japigo, see how Nurses on the Move can help and do some work with them. And then, of course, always like nurse.com. And let's see like what nurse.com can do with Nurses on the Move to really have a presence in, you know, in these communities that are at risk and in need of support and resources. Yes. And definitely like the more support and the more collaborations, the more that we can do, the more that we can 
expand and empower the community and do more within the community because our goal is to just just expand and just do more and go beyond health screening and actually do the invasive. So it's beyond. Definitely the goal is just to go beyond and to do more to make a difference within our community, locally, globally, everywhere. So yeah. That's so exciting. That's really, really exciting. And I can't wait to plan something with you, hopefully in maybe 2024, 2025. Like we've got to like plan something together would be really fun. If people want to be a part of Nurses on the Move, what's the best way to reach out to you? So primarily our website, which is nurseonthemove.com or our Instagram, it's just nursesonthemove.com or not .com, but Nurses on the Move on Instagram. We also have a Facebook page and email info at nurseonthemove.com. I'm really looking forward to all the nurse.com peeps to tap in. Yes. Nurses on the Move to tap in with nurse.com. You can get your CEUs, join groups, blogs, there's so many different outlets to connect with current and future nurses, which that's what our goal is. And it actually aligns perfectly. Well, we definitely need to have a group on the app called yes. Nurse on the Move. We definitely need to have that. We've done so many upgrades to the app over the past like few months. So, you know, if you need help, go in there. We will help you create a group. And then like, hopefully we can drive some nurses to you. And we have a great ambassador program that I think they might even want to be involved in what you're doing. I want to make sure everybody knows if you're going to the website, it's nurse on the move, nurse.com. There's no S nurse on the move.com. <laughs> and then if they're going to your Instagram, it's nurses on the move. Yes. Got it. Yes, ma'am. <laughs> And I think you're wearing, are you wearing a Nurse on the Move shirt? Is this? I am. Yes, you are. <laughs> N-O-T-M. I love that. It's so funny. Your logo looks a little bit like one of those fidget spinners. It looks like, oh, yeah. The thing on your finger. Doesn't it look a little bit like a, it looks like it almost, if anyone's looking for your logo, it looks like three little fidget spinners. <laughs> yes. Think about it. We're going around. But you're on the move. Because we're on the move. I mean, that makes sense. The fidget spinner like never stops moving. Exactly. And also, thank you so much also for this opportunity, this wonderful opportunity. I appreciate you for shedding light on the philanthropic efforts of Nurse on the Move and beyond. Thank you for giving all of us a platform to speak and just provide awareness for the great things that we all are doing in the nursing space and in the community. Absolutely. Well, that is really the goal of nurse.com is to really help the nurses that are out in the world doing great things to give them a platform and to elevate them and help them with their purpose and to do the great work that they're doing. And so that's why I'm excited to be part of nurse.com because I feel like I get to help people like you do the great work that you're doing. So thank you for, for joining me today. Thank you. Mwah. Mwah. Let's talk soon. Yes. Yes, absolutely. We'll reconnect soon. Thank you so much. Mwah. Thank you. Bye. If you are a nurse or nursing student who enjoyed this episode, don't forget to join us on the nurse.com app where you can find the nurse.discussion group 
a place where we dissect each episode in detail and delve deeper into today's topics. Nurse Dot is a Nurse.com original podcast series. Production, music, and sound editing by Don Lunsford. Production coordination by Rhea Wade. Additional editing by John Wells. Thank you to all the listeners for tuning in to the Nurse Dot Podcast. Until next time, keep spreading the love and the care.